listeners and watchers. This is our first Zoom room uh, dream stream podcast. So uh, I think it's going to be great. And I'm here with my friend Brandon, whom I'm not going to introduce until one moment. I want to do a little uh, welcome to Dream Stream. I'm the host, Yiska Cook, and I have a little continuity from episode 41. And we were talking all about transformation. And um, I shared a poem called Just Caterpillar, but I forgot a line in it. So I just wanted to share that again. So episode 40 was really about the fear and and uh, and disbelief about this pandemic. And episode 41 was really about dreaming a new dream for, for our world so we don't have to live in fear, just all about transformation. So I'll share that poem and then we'll get we'll get talking. So it's called Just Caterpillar. Forget about the one-day transformation, the ability for emergence in flight, the nectar drinking, egg laying, flutter breezing freedom. You in all your fuzzy potential with nowhere to go, crunching leaves and crawling belly down are just caterpillar. So, so I have felt that, you know, collectively we were kind of not yet transformed. Um, I'm looking at the poem collectively, but now I would say <clears throat> we're in our cocoon. We have wound our cocoon. So we're no longer caterpillar. Now we have wound our cocoon. We're all staying home in our homes. And, um, and I think that's where we're at. So welcome, Brendan Merritt. Good morning. My dream brother. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Yes. So how are you guys holding up? We're doing okay. Um, I'm actually still at work. I'm considered an essential employee as I do technical support for a medical office. So it's been a little interesting, um, you know, the shortage of protective gear initially was definitely affecting us. And, you know, the uh, <clears throat> number of patients coming into the office has shrunk to almost nothing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because people are afraid to come in and get exposed. Yes. Um, we haven't had a large number of cases come through, but I do know that um, I recently saw a New York Times article that was an interview with somebody who had been very likely at our Rhinebeck offices, um, who was, you know, then pretty much sent to the hospital. Really? So, yeah. So, I mean, it's out there and it's active. Um, people are, you know, cutting down on their normal, like checkups and well care visits and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the ophthalmology department where I work has been like almost a ghost town because that population is largely, in the high risk category, um, you know, because they're all older people, a lot of them have oh, high health conditions, which is why they have eye issues. Yes. Um, I myself are, am technically high risk being a oh, diabetic. No. So, diabetic. I know, Brandon, I was thinking yeah. about that. So, I've been doing some work from home <clears throat> and, you know, where I can, and then when I have to go in, I'm going in and wearing, you know, a um, surgical mask and, you know, the, uh, blue gloves um go good and yeah and i don't you know i try not to to go into the clinical areas unless i really have to and Mm -hmm. disinfecting everything constantly so Mm -hmm. it's a whole new protocol um there's a certain sense of urgency and i've been sending a lot of doctors yeah you're saying something very important and i'm making a joke but not really i mean i'm just questioning you but there is a certain urgency yeah oh yeah yeah, I mean, we're getting doctors set up to do telemed visits and things like that so mm-hmm. that you know, people can still get health care without having to leave their home, you know, mm-hmm. get their prescriptions. I like that. I like that. There's a lot of change happening. Yeah, yeah, very rapidly. Really good. Yeah. 
So they're probably going, well, we know they're going to furlough us and probably do alternate weeks. So, you know, it'll be, you know, my income's going to take some kind of a hit. I don't know how much yet. Um, so thinking about long-term strategies, what to do around that. Um, hopefully it'll open up some new opportunities for doing other things and, you know, allow me to get some stuff done that I haven't been able to do, you know, because of my work schedule. So on the positive side of that, you know, that's, you know, the possible benefits it could, you know, as you said, lead to a transformation of some sort. And that's what I'm looking forward to. That's great, Brendan. Yeah. So I, I was talking with my friend earlier today, not talking with, we were texting, (laughs) you know, we were like messaging. So um, I was talking to her about prayer because I just think it's very important to talk about prayer right now and what ways different people pray. And she mentioned, she mentioned a, a, a great many ways, but then she mentioned she does dream work also. And she mentioned the figure of Kali. And then it just, you know, crashed down on me, of course. Well, and also Kali is in your email, Brendan. Yeah, my old email address I used for years predominantly was Kali93. Oh, that's why you weren't getting the invite. <laughs> well, that's who I sent it to. And so I'm reading her response all about the ways she prays and how she uses dream work and and her what she says about Kali. And I had just sent you the invite. And I thought it was almost like, you know, Eureka, Kali is afoot. So yeah. I wanted to talk about Kali. Yeah, that's actually a subject that's near and dear to my heart. Um, yes. Of a lot of the many goddess archetypes that are out there, um, Kali is a primordial one. And to me, like, reflects a lot of other modern, more modern goddess forms that may have evolved. Um, my hunch is, and from what I know about the origins of Kali is that she's even much older than the Vedas. Um, so she probably was pre-existing the time that the Aryans came into uh-huh. India. Um, she is still the dominant goddess in Southern parts of India and in like Tamil um, and areas where it's more Dravidian culture. Um, and I think she, she was integrated into the uh, Vedic pantheon and, you know, the uh, idea that she's the consort of Shiva is uh, a big part of that. Um, There are goddess forms in Northern European um, culture that are similar. They refer to in the Irish uh, pantheon, the goddess the Morrigan has sometimes been referred to as the Celtic Kali. That's interesting. And, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm a Morgan of the Fay. Yeah, Morgan Le Fay may okay. or may not be derived from That's stories about her. I could. Um, oh, I have to think about that. I could kind of see that. Yeah, that the animals associated with her um, are usually, and this is true of Kali as well, are wolves and ravens. Nice. Um, Spears are usually associated as well as a weapon. Okay. Um, in India, Kali is usually wielding something like a scythe, and she's often depicted wearing a necklace of heads or skulls. Really? Really? <laughs> yeah. And another way she's often depicted is in sort of a more of a tantric way of having coupling with Shiva's, you know, uh, prone body, and it's questionable whether or not he's dead or alive, oh. and or like dancing on his dead body, and there's this weird, <laughs> weird mixture of. He's badass. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know she's total badass. Um, you know the whole. Well, idea. you know, and then looking at looking at the state of the world right now, Brendan, it's like so much fear and terror, you know, and 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 
sadness too and and grief um and you know and what is she she's about destruction yeah well she's both creation and destruction creation that's the interesting thing so i mean they're flip sides of the same coin yeah um totally. in the vedic traditions they measure time cycles in tens of thousands of years and i'm not exactly sure of the number of years uh, yuga lasts but i want to say it's okay. like twelve thousand years so they have like okay. cycles of time that are based on astrological concepts in terms of where the procession of the equinoxes is um so i think a full cycle astrologically a procession of the equinoxes roughly twelve thousand some odd years i I could be totally wrong on that number so please don't hold me to that Um, but each yuga which is an age right the kali yuga we are yeah we are in the kali yuga right now you see puma (laughs) black kitty so yeah i mean it's very apropos to think about kali in that regard as well you know in order for there to be creation what has been before needs to be laid low and leveled um yeah i think kali speaks a lot to the idea of ego death as well yes um you know when she decapitates shiva that is some people interpret that as you know transformation through ego death you know you're cutting someone off at the head so all of this stuff that goes on here is gone and you know it's revealed to be sort of an illusion yes you know we in our culture are extremely dependent on our intellects and our egos to navigate the world and i think we're being um instructed if you would to maybe shift more towards centering our awareness to our hearts rather than up here you know coming more down into our body and our hearts yes yeah i think you are right about that there's a lot of change people are having to totally reprioritize or one will hope one hopes that people are using this opportunity to reprioritize so I used to think, you know, going to work was, you know, that was my work, most of my work in the world. And that was where I, you know, whatever. So the ego, the ego, the ego, you know. And um, come on, Puma. And now they're home with their families. You know, they, people have to get to know each other again. That's pretty cool. You know, I know that, that people say there's a lot of, what do they call it? Uh, Corona babies and divorces. <laughs> yeah, I work with a bunch of OBGYN doctors, and one of them keeps saying, Yeah, yeah, to look nine months from now, we're going to have a whole crop because exactly. you can only watch so much Netflix. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. Well, what has your dream life been like lately? Um, yeah, it's been relatively dead. That's the weird thing. And I okay. think it might be a result of me being so fatigued that when I'm sleeping, I don't know if I'm really getting into that REM state so mm-hmm. much. Um, I was talking about this a little with my partner this morning, and she said it, it was, that it was cool with her to share a dream that she's had. That she oh, had awesome. Life. A Christian dream. Yeah. Okay. So my partner, Kristen, is blessed in that she gets to work from home already or has been doing so for a while. And she teaches children in China how to speak English over the Internet. Um, So she works really weird hours. Um, The thing behind me is actually one of the backdrops (laughs) that she uses for one of her jobs doing this. So, you know, ignore that. We're not trying to advertise anybody. (laughs) But this is who, you know, one of the groups that she works for. It should give me, you know, whatever, (laughs) the commission. So they, uh, interestingly, because of this, she's seen a lot of what was happening on the ground in China. Oh, of course. The kids who are, have, had to go through this lockdown period and not be able to see their friends and not play with anybody. Oh my goodness. And knew like ahead of this, what it Uh, could potentially be like. So no idea. 
Wow. Uh, she even teaches some adults, and she had one adult student who was really visibly grief-stricken to the point where she was concerned about his personal safety, whether or not he might do something to hurt himself. Oh, really? Um, because, you know, this was a you know, normal late 20-something-year-old guy, you know, who was used to going out to bars and restaurants yes. and doing all that stuff with his friends. And now all of a sudden he was locked in his tiny little you know, Shanghai apartment or wherever, you know, and couldn't go anywhere, couldn't see anybody. People were, you know, they took very drastic measures there. Um, yes. We on the streets here don't really know what kind of measures they took in China because it's not really reflected in the news. Right. Um, a lot right. of information doesn't really get out. So they took extreme measures more so than we have that's right. all about all i can say to that mm-hmm. um and you know just everyone wore face masks and they they did crazy testing and then they and they locked everyone down you could be on the street whatever. without getting arrested right you could be arrested and they have this whole social credit system um which is something that if you even get like a traffic ticket it's a ding on your social credit score, oh, which really? affects your future ability to get jobs, to get financing for homes or businesses. Oh my gosh, that's a concept un- unknown to Americans. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, and it's you know, it affects every aspect of life for people in China in right. ways that we don't know understand. So uh, yes, and just to say, uh, his partner also is. The mom of a five-year-old and a no. They yeah, we she has a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, um, a boy uh, and a girl. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, and they're very active. So you know, it, we're in a relatively small apartment. So she's been taking them out for hikes and stuff during the day, which is great for everybody. And mm-hmm. I got to go with them yesterday and climbed up a drum knoll, uh, a drumlin rather, and. Uh, Got some exercise for a change. Nice, nice. But uh, yeah, so her dream is kind of interesting. And she's been involved with a local singing group called the Resisterhood. Oh, she's in the Resisterhood. Yeah. And that's like a woman's choir that, you know, has been essentially focusing their energies on you know, resistance to the more patriarchal Trump world that we live in, you know, they've been learning like protest songs and things like that. And, you know, songs that are uplifting spirit. And in her dream, um, it was during coronavirus and they were still having some sort of a meeting of the resistorhood and everybody was maintaining social distancing but at some point in the dream, an older woman who was not specifically anybody that she knew, but just some like generic older woman archetype, grandmotherly type figure, <clears throat> came up to her and embraced her and hugged her. And Kristen's reaction in the dream was like, whoa, wait, we're really not supposed to be doing this right now. But she felt the woman's need for contact and all of that so strongly that she's like, well, let me go ahead and just do this. Yeah. You know, and she, you know, fell into the embrace. And I think it was like a mutual comforting thing going on by the sounds of what she said. Mm. That's really beautiful. That's, uh, so how did she feel when she woke up from that dream? Um, you know, I don't know. I think she was a little puzzled by it and she was okay. processing it. So she's also doing her dream work. That's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, okay, let's uh, look at a reality check. So, um, so what, what is... So, okay, she's in the resistorhood. They're having a meeting. Were there any specific songs that they were working on during that meeting? He didn't mention. I would have to ask her. I don't know. Okay. I mean, like, like what, 
when she thinks of the resistorhood, what are the, you know, first songs that come into her mind? Um, I know there's one, and I don't know the name of it, but it is about rising up and coming together. Mm. Essentially, that's what I remember of the core of the song. Yes. Which I think is a big theme for all of us now, you know, more so than ever. Yes. Yeah. So is she, does she know this older woman? Has she, is it someone no, she it's, knows? it's not a real person. Oh, it was apparently an archetype. Yeah. I mean, right. she, she said basically some generic older woman archetype yeah. figure. Yes. So, I mean, and my so thoughts on that. Mm-hmm where that, you know, it's like a grandmother figure or, yes. you know, a mother goddess figure, maybe even. Yes. Um, yes. Thinking about it, you know, now I, I'm realizing that she's had a lot of concern for her own mother in okay. all of this because mm-hmm. her mother is living in Manhattan. Okay. Um, who's in her 70s and lives alone. Yes, yes, yes. Um, she's very active, uh-huh. you know, you know, totally could probably kick my ass like in terms of like <laughs> speed walking contests or anything like that. Right. And, uh, you know, she's very independent and she's been very resistant to the idea of staying home. Okay. Um, so, you know, we've been concerned that she's still going out and shopping oh, okay. and stuff That's like that. The attitude this woman has too, in a way. Yeah. A little embo- you know, emboldened and, you know, just, throwing caution to the wind and saying, screw it, I'm going to hug you, you know? Yeah, but I'm going to interpret it, if it were my dream, I want to interpret it, that that old woman is like an ancestor of mine. What, an ancestor? An ancestor. Mm. And and she hugs me, and I'm afraid, and I don't know if I want to, but then I fall into the embrace, and I feel like she's coming from the other side to say, you know, you're, you're good. I'm here with you, you know, someone in her maternal lineage. So that's what I'm wanting. Yeah. I'll offer that to her. That's an interesting concept. Yeah. Right. Cause that's all, that's all we need, right? A little, a little hug from the universe to say, it's okay. You know, there's been, you know, every, every, it hasn't been in a little while. America's in this big dream, right? Of like, I mean, they say the American dream, but I mean, we're like delusion, delusion dream. Like, uh, yeah. and, and, you know, but many, many eras have a catastrophe, have, have a pandemic or, or a war, you know? Yeah, we we in the U.S. are very blessed in that we have never experienced an actual war on our home ground. Yes. Um, you know, not since the Civil War, yeah. at least. And maybe you, know, you could say that some of the you know Mexican the war with Mexico and Spanish American War to a degree, but you know we didn't really have anything on our home front. Um, I don't think haven't. I don't think Texas was a part of the U.S. yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd like to, you know, quote. I forget who it was. There's a famous um, Mexican American comedian who likes to say, "We didn't cross your border. Your border crossed us." I like and, it. <laughs> yeah. So true. So. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the ancestor piece is interesting. I've been thinking a lot about my own mother who passed a few years ago Um, and thinking on one end of it, that it is a blessing that she has not had to live through this and Mm. it would have probably very likely killed her. Yes. You know, being that it's running rampant now through the nursing homes. Okay. Uh. Um, And I'm also thinking she was a nurse as well. Yes. So there's that part of it that I've been thinking about her a lot. And I know if she were alive that she would want to be, you know, on the front helping people. She would have heeded the call. Yeah. You know, these healthcare workers have a calling. (laughs) You know, they're, they're really heroic. Yeah. I work with, you know, nurses all day. So, I mean, I see 
you know, their dedication and see like how seriously they're taking this, you know, and their concern for, so grateful. you know, the community at large. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my dream life has been, <laughs> my dream last night made me laugh because I mean, I dreamed many dreams throughout the night, but this last one that I woke up with, I was in the kitchen. I don't know kind of know what kitchen let me think for a second oh I think it was I think it was the kitchen that I grew up in and I was with two women and we went in there and I said and we had we were all having cocktails but I said to one of the women she was asking do you want anything and I said I'd really like a cup of coffee and she was a little surprised and and then the other woman and I was like oh and I'm hungry you know everyone was and so much time goes by and we're leaving that room and I realize nobody made coffee. <laughs> nobody made any food. And I ended up saying to these people, well, you're not Stacy. You're not what? Stacy. Oh, right. Yeah. Stacy was like the best housemate I've ever had. You know, sorry. Yeah, she was, no, she and was like a white tornado. Too. <laughs> you know why? Because you used to bring me coffee. Right? In the morning. Yeah, because I need it. I'm like an addict. Although, lately I've been switching away from coffee. Oh, really? Doing more black tea and green tea. um, Because my nervous system, I think, is really... Has a hard time with being so jacked up first thing in the morning. Yes. And, you know, it ends up triggering, you know, anxiety. Um, Yes. Yes, yes. So I've been, you know, a lot more judicious about my use of... Caffeine? Yeah, are, you, are you drinking black tea or green tea, did you say? Yeah, black tea, like English black tea. Yeah, um, I, I love to switch it up a little every now and again. But obviously not last night. Yeah. <laughs> last night I wanted I wanted coffee and nobody made coffee. And it's not like, I mean, you know, I didn't either. It wasn't like I did either, but none of the three of us did anything. And then we were passing through that room. It's like we were in that room for a long time. And uh, so, right, I mean, if I look at it kind of um, globally, we're in this room for a long time. So what do we need to do? We need to nourish ourselves. We actually need to take the time to nourish ourselves, to cook the food, to um, take care of my health. I want to stay healthy, you know, And, um, and the coffee, you know. And feed your spirit. <laughs> yeah. Feed your body of, and feed your spirit. <laughs> I tend to think of coffee almost as entertainment. Okay. Um, you know, because <laughs> the complex flavor palette that coffee has, as well as the simulating part of it, it's like... You taught me so much about coffee when you... Yeah, I'm a coffee snob. I admit it. Um, we've got some good, um, I think, Nicaraguan whole beans from this delivery service called Peeled Goods, which unfortunately now is shut down for the time being. But um, yeah, we, you know, grind it fresh and it's oh, I love it. huge difference, like from what I, you know, drink at work or whatever. Uh, right. It's got, you know, I thought quality, you didn't like, stuff going on. I didn't like the Indonesian coffee, right? I, I love the Sumatran, but I thought you thought it was like acidic. Yeah, it's got that free profile. Yeah, the Arabic beans tend to be more, you know, like a, have like a fruit a fruit acid taste profile. Okay. Um, that does not appeal to me as much. It, a lot of people really like it. Okay. I, I tend to go for like very rich dark roasts. Yes, yes. And espresso. And yes. <laughs> but we have a coffee press, you know, which works well for okay. me. Nice. Stainless steel. Wow. Well, like you mean like a French press? Yeah. Yep. Good. I have Stacy's French press. She left it at my house. That was nice of her. What's that? That was nice of her. That was so nice of her. I have a French press and it's like stainless. It's supposed to keep it really hot, but it's it's old now. I just, it's all all screwed up. Ah. You know. (laughs) Yeah, but I wanted to speak to... uh, some bits of your dream as we're talking yes, about please, it. Please. Um, for me, if it were my dream, the kitchen is kind of like the center of the home. 
Um, it's, you know, when I was growing up, we had an eat-in kitchen and I don't know if you had a similar experience, but, you know, family dinners were, you know, often around the kitchen mm-hmm. table. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, kind of like, you know, what would have been like the hearth in the old days. People used to cook on the hearths. Now they cook on the kitchen stove. Mm-hmm. And it's, to me, like the heart of the home, because like you said, it's where we get all our nourishment. Yes. Um, it's where we're able to connect with our family. And although the people in your dream were not family per se, right. no, were they people that you know in real life? No, they were just, I mean, you know, it almost seemed like people I would have known in like summer camp. What? Tell me about to, the summer camp. I only went to it for three years. So summer camp, I, I loved it. You know, first I went to Camp Sequoia, you know, and uh, that was awesome. And then I, um, uh, I think I went to Sequoia for two years. And then I went to Camp Danby, which had a reputation of having like wall-to-wall carpet in the bunks, but it didn't. <laughs> That's weird. No, I think it was like not sound thought, dampening. Not thought so well, but um, so but I loved it. I loved camp. I loved camp. One thing I'm remembering really strongly is when I was at Camp Danby, we and my very good friend Julie also went. Then we were in the same bunk. We dressed up and we we chose. We had like a contest. All the bunks had to create. Uh, something and we picked like America. So I uh, I stood there as the Statue of Liberty with, you know, the torch and I had a robe and I remember Julie was Betsy Ross. <laughs> Betsy Ross. <laughs> Sewing the, the flag and um, I just remember that really strongly. So there, there you go. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. That's interesting. So what, did you keep any connections from summer camp, like throughout later in life? And Oh, yeah. So Julie is someone I met when we were five. We were in the oh. same kindergarten. And I, I don't really remember this, but she remembers it that I went up to her and said, do you want to play? <laughs> and that was the beginning. And um, then she moved to Boston a little bit later, I think fifth grade. But she and I were Facebook friends. We still keep in touch. So, uh, yeah, she's still in my life. So did either of the figures in your dream remind you of her? Or were they just kind of like... I think so, actually. Some some aspects of her. Yeah, I think so, actually. So one of the things that popped out for me is that the number three is there with three people, you being one of them. Yes. Um and three being like a primal number associated with goddesses and you know in um some mythologies like you have like the norns in norse mythology which you know are the three fates that spin the lives of men um you know the number three pops up in a lot of different things a lot of goddesses are triple aspect yes so i kind of interestingly almost see that as like you are one of the three goddesses of hearth and home in this vision. Oh, love that. And there's this idea of like nourishing each other, but somehow nobody has made the food or the coffee. Right. And it's, you know, kind of like what's going on here with that. That's kind of unusual. You know, like you're in central place and none of the stuff that normally would be done or needs to be done is getting done so i'm wondering about that what that means you know maybe there's like a sense of lack going on um in there Mm. coffee is such a social thing too like it really like people get together around coffee and have stimulating conversation Stimulating is the word. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, it, yeah, I, I know. But this part of the dream uh, is was odd, was that we were drinking cocktails. And then I said, oh, I'd really like to make a pot of coffee. 
and so, so and they were surprised at that 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 was should, interesting and, and nobody ended up making it because it was i guess not important to anyone else to have coffee and um and so i don't know i mean what is that like cocktails would be like kind of yeah, like, yeah people kick back i guess you know yeah. relaxation yeah. you know people a lot of people alcohol consumption i think has gone way up during all this you know, just keeping, based on I'm you know bottles of wine here on my desk i have a yeah. happy hour every day with well, not every day but often with a group of friends who drink whatever but so I, i'm in my sound studio i just keep my wine here in a cup yeah we've we've stocked up on a few bottles of wine to have you know yes. around and bought some alcohol for making tinctures and whatnot as well um so we're making oh, our own awesome. medicines that way um but yeah it's been apparently like from what i understand from people around that some of the you know liquor stores are getting tapped out on certain things mm -hmm. and you know they're doing good business but mm -hmm. yeah I mean, since you can't go to a bar, what do you do? You know, you have yeah. happy hour at home. Seen people posting <laughs> happy virtual happy Zoom. hours. Yeah, no, people are doing that actually. I, I, that's what I'm doing when I when I meet up with these women. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a crazy, crazy time. Crazy time. So you so were choosing coffee. physically, yeah. And so that's choosing to be more wakeful. Mm -hmm. during this time and not to be so lax or celebratory or like laid back. I think you said, right. Not to be, yeah. sleep, but just to be more wakeful and alert. Right. Yeah. I, th I also find coffee to be comforting. Yes. Um, you know, particularly like if somebody makes you a cup of coffee in the morning, it's like a good feeling like, Oh, I know. <laughs> you know, somebody made me this lovely thing. It's going to help me wake up and get my day started, uh -huh. you know? So, and it can go the other way, you know, like you can go into full, like, you know, anxiety mode because you're like overstimulated if you're right. doing too much of it. But right. there's a balance, sure. I guess, really for every, you know, with everything, but, yeah, coffee though is one of those things that makes me think of home. Um, if it were my dream coffee, I always relate to my grandmother. Yes. Um, she was one of those women who lived through the Depression and the Second World War, who always, always, always had a pot of coffee on the stove. I love it. I think, you know, she died as a result of her smoking, okay. but, you know, she was literally like a coffee and cigarettes person he also had probably painted nails <laughs> um she, she did manicure them yeah yeah actually <laughs> and oddly and she didn't even go out that often but i think that that was something that was important to her yeah um, even like always minimally had some kind of lipstick on she didn't yeah. usually do like a full right. makeup thing like some women did but you know it was right. still important for her to keep up appearances absolutely but i was I talking about my great-grandmother in the last episode or two and how she was from Russia and she used to put a sugar cube in her teeth and drink a swig of black coffee and it would, you know, go through the sugar and that's how she used to drink her coffee. Hmm. <laughs> Clever. Yeah, that's from the old country. <clears throat> yeah, I think, but I think the thing about having the pot of coffee on the stove is kind of almost about being prepared. Yeah. You know, and like being ready to host people yes. at the drop of a hat. Yes. Um, and, you know, be able to keep things moving in the household. There's like a certain amount of like, okay, we're going to get through this and I'll drink as many pots of coffee as I need to to get everything done. You know? Right, 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 right. <laughs> and that's where it becomes almost anxiety provoking, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Too much caffeine. But mm -hmm. she was, you know, they were people from that generation, I think were very much do or die. Right. Um, and they, you know, they lived through austerity during the second world war with rationing. Yes. A lot of, you know, her other behavior reflected that, um, right. you know, almost borderline on hoarding. Yes. Um, you know, she would never go to a restaurant without 
ending up coming home with little pats of butter in her purse yeah. and things like that. My or sister je- was jelly containers. I was doing that. I was doing that in Atlantic City. They had like little jellies and a little you know, they just had cute things and my sister gave me a hard time and said, You're like an old lady. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Yes, I can relate. Yeah, and it from her perspective, I know it was because like at one point they actually did ration butter. Absolutely. And you couldn't get butter. They had to use chicken fat to spread on their toast. Wow. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Once you do that, <laughs> you'll take yeah. from anywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't <laughs> care where the butter comes from. If it's butter, it's that's funny. Better so, than um, chicken fat. Oh, then I'd like to end a dream, working on a dream, unless you have anything else to say about it. Um just uh in general, I have to say my dream life has been sparse, but one image that kept coming back to me was mm-hmm. an image of a hearth, like a big fireplace. Yes. Okay. That, you know, get dream fragments of things like that, just yeah. sitting in front of a big roaring fire. And that's what's called in a fireplace. Right yeah. Staying in place. Yeah, looking forward to the time when we can all gather around fires again. I know, you're also, you're very social (laughs) compared to me. You're a real social guy. Are you having trouble? Are you okay? Um, Yeah, I'm I'm definitely a little depressed. I've been less social than I have for quite a while in general, mostly because of my work schedule and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's tough. I miss seeing people out in public and going public places and feeling very isolated and trying to figure out ways to combat that. Um, one thing I recently, a friend of mine has um, decided to host an online Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so yeah, it's nice to be able to connect with him and his yes. partner who are people I've wanted to get to know better. Yes. Um, you know, and it's a virtual hangout sort of thing and we get to chat. So that's something, you know, and I haven't played Dungeons and Dungeons and Dragons since I was probably in my late teens, early twenties. So like 30 years of a gap there, but it's amazing how much of this stuff comes back. And wow, I love it. The creative part of it is really lovely because you get to create your character in this world and it's co-creative because, you know, you're being given guidance by the person running the game in terms of what the world is like, the culture is like, and who your character is in the world, in the place, and how he relates to the other members of the party that he's in. Yes. So it's I love that. been a great creative outlet, and I'm really enjoying that. Do you that know so Lee? Do you know Lee Storage? Um, not personally. I know Lee peripherally. He used to be my home health aide, and he was really into Dungeons and & Dragons, and used to play it with a bunch of his friends, and they had like an old version he talks about it in episode six and cool. or eight in the All right. dream I'll have to go back and look at the archives. Yeah. Those are, um, <laughs> those are, uh, he was talking about the Lord of the Rings trilogy and that, that got spoken about within that other conversation, within the larger conversation. Yeah. Lord of the Rings is a gateway drug for <laughs> a lot of us. <laughs> yeah. You guys are a special your special breed, Renaissance, Renaissance fair goers. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that there are some interesting messages that come out of Lord of the Rings, and you know, that are poignant to this time. I have a T-shirt, or, or not a T-shirt, a hoodie, that has the quote from Gandalf <clears throat> about, you know, all we can do with the time that is given to us is choose how to i don't and i'm paraphrasing um, but is all we have to do is to choose what to do with the time that is given to us yes and that's particularly wow. you know yeah. apropos right now right we're of the you know, we can't choose what you know the world we are living in is like but we do have the choice on how to live our lives in it that's exactly what i feel about lucid dreaming it's that I feel in a lucid dream, I'm not choosing the setting, but I'm choosing how to respond 
So, for instance, I had a lucid dream and I was driving down the street and I kept crashing into cars and the cops were behind me. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't consciously create that scenario, but then in that, in that place, I decided to fly the car out of the canyon and go elsewhere. And, and so that's exactly how I feel about lucid dreaming that we don't necessarily, our subconscious mind, you know, it's like the unconscious maybe of, of our world is creating, well, I don't even know if it's coming from unconsciousness. I think earth was finally like, I'm done. You know, you you guys need to straighten your act up. You people suck. Look what you're doing to the animals, to the clean air, to the, not, not to clean air now, to the water. You know, you're, you are booted. Like, you know, finally you'll take, you'll, you'll stay in when your own uh, species is at, at risk. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's been lots of stuff on the Facebook pages about, you know, environmental impact of the slowdown. And yes. some of it I know is, um, apocryphal maybe not actually accurate but you know from what i understand that when china slowed down there was an impact on the air quality yeah i know know? because the pollution there was horrible to begin with so also wild animals are coming into towns because the people are not going out so in boulder I, i spoke about this in the last pod I read uh, the mountain lions are coming down, you know, from oh, the mountains. That's cool. And uh, and I've read other other instances. What? And then they said there's dolphins in Venice. Yeah, that one I heard was actually not true. But, yeah, I was yeah. thinking that wasn't true, but it yeah. was a lovely story. <laughs> Great, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have had dolphins coming up the Hudson River though in I, recent years because of the cleanup of the, the Hudson. One wasn't there a pink dolphin that came up the Hudson? It's just lovely. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'll send you the that link. It'll be an albino, right? I don't know, because I don't remember its eyes being red. I don't know. Yeah. This might be an anomaly. Yeah. Well, special animals, white animals in particular, are usually associated with the other world. Absolutely. White buffalo. White buffalo. Yep. Yeah. You know... Right before my mom died, um, and I was back in New Jersey at the house I grew up in, and um, and I was would walk my dog. I had my dog Redwood at the time, and we'd walk to the power lines, you know, down the block, and there was a white doe. Oh, wild! Just beautiful, and she had spotted um, fawns. They were like white and brown, spotted. Like you could tell which were her babies. It was very special. And then, you know, shortly thereafter, my mom crossed over. Yeah. Yeah, that that I would see as a message from the other side. Mm-hmm. I did. I do. Yeah. So, but definitely you know, true, the animals have been emboldened. We were on the rail trail last weekend, and we had a group of deer get really close to oh, us and were really? not spooked by us at all. They just kind of like hung out while we walked by. You know, didn't really pay much mind to us at all. That's really wild. So, um, so just the, with the dream that I dreamed, um, I want to find a way to honor it. So Robert Moss advises that we first write like a bumper sticker just to remember. So maybe mine would be like, the kitchen will nourish you, but you have to cook. No. (laughs) How about make your own damn coffee? (laughs) Thank you. I want that. Make your own. Just go make your own damn coffee. Um, And then, how can I honor this dream? Well, I kind of did already this morning. I made a pot of coffee. You were talking about drinking more tea, and I had been drinking tea 
I think just we, just yesterday, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll just do Tino. But I really wanted coffee. And I made a pot of coffee, I'm drinking my coffee. Um, Quite the mug. My big, my big travel mug. See, we can't travel. I have traveled <laughs> downstairs with it. <laughs> Traveling in space and time in your dreamland. <laughs> yeah. Well, blessings to you, Brendan. So um, I'm going to sign off. And would you, do you have any last wisdom to share with us, our listeners? Oh, wisdom. That's giving me a lot of credit. Um, yes. You know, um, to those of you who are listening, um, you, like the rest of us, are all going through a very trying time. Um, there's collective trauma going on as a result of this. Um, just, you know, do your best to honor that. You know, allow yourself to grieve. Um, you know, go through it. You know, this is a dark time for all of us. We're all going to go through this tunnel. And hopefully we can all emerge on the other side better for it, you know. And remember what it feels like to have the connections that you have. And, you know, once we're through all of this, let's extend our hearts and, you know, our hands, you know, to remember what it is to be in community, you know, even on the local level and on the global level. Amen. Brendan, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so I'm going to say to our listeners, thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed. And um, until we meet again. Ciao.